You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. I just jumped right into that, didn't I, everybody? So I have Brian Paul on my show today. Um, I've had Brian on before. It's been a really long time since he's been on, so I'm super happy to have him back. So what have you been up to, Brian? Uh, what I've been up to lately is just balancing life. You know, we've been, uh, I've been the president and founder and, and leading uh, a nonprofit uh, veteran and first responder organization uh since may of 2017 and there for the first oh four years i would say probably it's just been kind of a rat race and and uh, a lot of um uh, a lot of spinning the wheels and so over this last eight months to a year kind of learned um how to how to make progress but also manage your personal life because we're all volunteers like a lot of organizations are so yeah just balancing life and and enjoying enjoying the the journey mm-hmm. that's amazing could you tell our listeners who might not have heard the first episode just a little bit about yourself and what organization that you're with and a little bit about that yeah thank you um so i am uh, from mustang oklahoma i live here in the oklahoma city area and uh, I went, uh, grew up in Mustang and uh, went to Oklahoma City University. And that's where I joined the 45th Infantry, Oklahoma Army National Guard. And not long after uh, I joined the Guard, uh, the Oklahoma City bombing took place and uh, went down there for two weeks and, and uh, fulfilled my military obligation and got out and moved to Kansas City. I took a job in the private sector for about four and a half years. And then God just started tugging on my sleeve again to get back in service work. And I became a firefighter EMT for six years in the fire service and eight years as a EMT. And um, uh, social drinking led to a full-blown addiction to alcohol and which led to divorce and homelessness and suicidal, two suicide attempts. And um, just through my faith in God and my mom not giving up on me, I was able to make it into a 90-day treatment program and successfully went through that and then knew that there were others like myself that struggled because we all ba- do all the basic stuff, you know, basic same stuff. And, and I realized that there were other people out there that needed the same help that I did and I just began helping just one at a time, the person in front of me, and then uh, kind of uh, stumbled my way through the first year of, of leading a, a nonprofit. And and here we are. Um, it'll be six years in May. We've gotten uh, right around 60 veterans and first responders into treatment now. Wow. So tell us, when a veteran or first responder comes to you and is like, hey, man, I have an addiction problem and i need some help what do you do i mean do they fill out paperwork do they have to go through an acceptance policy program do they just you're just like okay come on like what's the procedures well so the procedure is i normally get connected to that person through worried mom very seldom dad but worried mom or spouse and then i after i get connected uh, to them 
uh, normally by phone or through local, I'll meet in person. And I'll share my story of struggle in, in hopes that that will help them open up to me, which really is the biggest step there. And, and from there, I match them up with the appropriate treatment program that most closely matches their life situation. And it's like I say, you know, that's, that's the hardest step for most people is, is being vulnerable and admitting that we're powerless over that drug or alcohol or depression or anxiety. And what I really have learned to do is not, not necessarily talk about going to treatment with the message of that, Hey man, you, you are broke. Um, the message is let's talk about your purpose. Um, because really what's the point in going to treatment if, if there's not something behind that. And that's something I've, I've found it that's working. It's, that's pretty effective for, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So when you match them with these programs, are they covered through donors or do they need to pay for them or how does that work? Well, we've developed enough uh, now with, with donors that we're able to help cover the cost of local treatment. We use a, um, a local trauma therapist here in Oklahoma City area. Um, but if it's if that's not the right match for them, then then they'll either use their VA benefits or private insurance. If neither one of those, uh, they're not able to use either one of those for whatever reason, then uh, we go state funded. And there's there's a couple local state funded programs here that are pretty good. The three pathways there. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember one time talking to a mom a few years ago, and she was like frantically searching for some place for her son. She eventually found somewhere, but the organization did have the family pay, I think, half of it or something, and it was a real financial strain on the family. So, I know some vets out there or um, first responders. You know, if you've hit rock bottom, odds are you're probably not working. You might be homeless or close to it. And that alone sometimes prevents people from seeking the help that they need. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is. And that is the significance of having donors with hearts to, to give. We put in the work nonprofit, you know, it's a tax exempt, you know, donation. So it's just really it's spreading the word and finding the right people that that have the hearts to help our folks that have signed on the dotted line and do things that most just don't. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that we were discussing before this show is equine therapy. You were like, I got to get on and talk about this equine therapy. And I'm kind of curious about it because I think that we might have touched on it a tiny bit in the past, but um, not really significantly enough to actually make people understand like what, okay, we know equine therapy, right? My initial thoughts like, oh, you're just going to go play with horses, but it's kind of more than that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, as I mentioned, I grew up in Mustang and the, 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 the word, you know, the name of the town Mustang is exactly what it was, you know, and um, especially when I grew up, there was a small town and our neighbors had horses and we're always out playing with horses and riding. So when I got to English mountain, where I went to therapy, my roommate had actually gone through, was actually finishing up his equine therapy and so I'm all excited about going and doing equine and um, Doug's like, man, it's not, it's not really fun. It's very hard. And I'm like, Oh man, come on, man. I grew up. So I was all confident going into it. 
so the way the way that equine works is uh, you have a trauma therapist, and so I'll, I'll kind of share my my journey of of equine. So I started out with my therapist, Julie, in her office, and she did my assessment, found out that, you know, I was on a severe end of post-traumatic stress. And so we talked in her office and I was like most veterans, you know, like, you know, just check the box, you know, check the box to successfully get through what you got to get through. So she said, okay, so on Thursday, we're going to go down to the barn and we're going to start with the horse. And I thought, great. All right. And so we get down there and her first task that she gives me was, okay, Brian, go and grab the bridle off the fence and put it on the horse. So I'm thinking, yeah, I can check this box, you know? And so I go over there, I grab the bridle and I'm like, I, re- I walk over the horse and I just start putting this bridle on this horse's face. And of course the some people may not realize that horses are very much like people. They have their own personalities. They have their own stories. They have their own experiences. So it would be much like going and just sticking up, trying to stick a bridle on someone's face. It's like, dude, like, I don't even know you. Like, what are you doing? So I did, and I made the attempts and the horse would, would nudge me and it would turn and give me its butt. And, um, walk away and just the horse did not like me at all. And so after that session, uh, you know, I was feeling defeated And my words to Julie, my therapist were, what's wrong with this horse? <laughs> and so of course a horse is a horse, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with the horse. It was my behavior towards the horse. And so we go through the sessions and um, it equine assisted therapy uh, horses are actually prey animals. So meaning that they are much like deer, they have to be hyper alert to their surroundings and the creatures in their, their proximity. So they don't get made lunch. And uh, so horses have this uh, ability to, to sense what's going on inside the person and you can smile and pretend all you want to, but if there's something that's that's troubling you inside, that horse is going to know, and there's just no way around equine therapy. So the therapist is is trained to look for cues that the horse is giving off. So the therapist is looking more at the horse than it is the individual and looking for those cues. And they take and so uh, she wrote down notes and then this, and then there'd be the talk therapy based off what the horse was, was telling the therapist. Mm-hmm. So we go through the six weeks of the program and the same horse, my therapist Julie asked me to go stand on the far side of the crowd and just stand there. And I felt so goofy and I was just standing there and the same horse, horse that I started out that just did not like me from the beginning on its own without being bribed with carrots or hay or anything like that would walk from one side of the crowd to the next and eventually was standing right next to me on its own and loving on me and, and wanting attention and 
So looking back through through the progress of the six week program, the the horse was still the same horse. It and it's not that the horse had changed; it's the horse had seen it. I had changed through the program, and that's the power of equine. Wow, I never would have thought of that. You know, I I grew up with horses, but I was allergic to horses, and my mom and dad always told me. If I had a horse, I would have to clean up after it. So that was enough for me not to want my own horse. So my parents had the horses. But um, I remember my mom and dad putting the bridle on and putting the bit in the mouth. And I mean, I would go out there even if I was allergic to them and I'd like give them apples or like pet them on the nose or whatever. But really horses are like, they're really intelligent. Um, We would turn music on in the barn and they would dance like they would rock back and forth to the music. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but we had this horse named Bummer who would do that. Um, But I I mean, people don't realize, I think, how smart and connected horses are with people, right? They can kind of sense the person and what they need. And um, so how do you connect with somebody who offers equine therapy? How do I get the person connected to the program? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we do everything just real simple and short, simple process. So um, I'll talk with the person um, that's struggling and I'll share a little bit about my experience and uh, I'll get them connected to uh, my friend, Julie Baker, who is the executive director of Horses and Heroes, Inc. And that's near Kansas City or Flames to Hope equine down in Noble, Oklahoma, which is not far from from where we're at here in OKC. So, and then. So your organization, it reminds me of kind of a hub spot. Am I getting that right or not really? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a hub. And then um, we connect to the person then get that person connected to the treatment that they need. Mm -hmm. Which is really important because I've been in the military advocacy world for a long time. And I think that one of the major concerns people have had in the past with donating to an organization is that organization, you know, they keep this money and they keep their, um, their people and they don't refer them out even if they need that help. Um, and it, people aren't realizing how important it is. You know, if one organization can't cover everything, they need to refer them out. A lot of organizations, they just don't do that. So the veteran falls through the crack or the first responder will fall through the crack. Um, so I really, really like that. Um, is there anything that you would like to share with my audience now that you have the mic? Uh, um, yeah, I want to share that, you know, as I mentioned, I, I was in a really dark place in my life. I was homeless and, and I, I just didn't see that there was a ne- another chapter. And I, I firmly believe that, that that dark spot in my life, that was it. And I just didn't really, I felt I didn't have a purpose to, to try to turn the page. And I just want to share some encouragement and hope in that I was able to turn the corner because of my faith in that knowing that maybe that there was another chapter and it's just one step at a time, even if it's a small step. And 
on the on the other side of treatment was not only veterans for life, but I began dreaming again and was approached by uh, ownership of the Oklahoma City Jaguars semi pro football team, and I I had literally had been dreaming of playing football and I had played it almost 30 years. It was, it was a dream. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll go and I'll try out, you know, just that again, that tiny step. Well, I went and tried out and just kind of like a kid on the playground. I was like, go play, you know, just go play. And I did. And I made the team. And then through football, um, I was approached by, uh, a friend in the local acting community here in Oklahoma city. And through that tiny little step, this, that belief in myself and that purpose, there I was looking at myself on the big screen of a movie that got picked up by Lionsgate and was playing out in theaters nationwide. And then again, that tiny little step of thinking, well, maybe I can share my story to just maybe one person and I began sharing my story and now I'm sponsored to go fly out around the nation and speak in different cities and share my story. So I want to share with our viewers. If someone is, is struggling right now in their, in that time of their life, that dark time, I want to encourage you to just see if you can turn the page, see if you can take that one tiny little step forward because you never know what God is doing with your life. And you never know what big step might turn out from that making that tiny little step. So I just want to share some love and encouragement with the audience. That's such a great point because, you know, looking back on some of the obstacles that I've had in life, and I'm sure you probably think the same thing. I'm not sure hundred percent, but pretty sure, Brian, um, you know, those times that I look back, it was just like minutes of my life. And now, now I have hours, you know what I mean? So yeah. you have these little things that they seem so significant at the time, but at the end of the day, you look at the grand scheme of things and those were, like you said, small stepping stones and so important to remember, um, the guest I interviewed right before you, he was talking about some of the same things. And um, I truly believe that there's probably somebody listening to my podcast who really needs to hear that message because it was just drilled in twice today, which is the the next two episodes. So um, really cool how that's worked together. Brian, um, thank you so much for taking some time out to be on the show. And could you please share your social media? Yeah. Yeah. So um our Facebook page is Veterans for Life USA, and that's spelled Veterans F O R Life USA. Our website is veteransforlifeusa.org, and our email is veterans4 with the number four lifeusa at gmail.com. Thank you, Brian. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off for today? I think we covered we covered quite a bit, but I just want to say thank you again for having me, Kat, uh, Patty, and and yeah, I, I watch you on social media, and we get uh, we get to chat once in a while, and it's yeah. it's so good, uh, it's so awesome uh, seeing you go through the years now. And 
something that I appreciate about you is you're always real. You're always authentic. And so, and that's not, you know, in today's day and age, that seems like it's harder and harder to find. So just keep being you, girl. I appreciate what you do for people. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. You know, um, one of the things that we have on social media is people who are not being their authentic selves, or they only tell, you know, the peachy rainbow, happy stuff. And I love it when you're like, Hey, you know, we have this person who's struggling and they're going through this and we need help with that. I mean, you just put it right out there and that transparency in a nonprofit is so, so important. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for putting yourself out there. It's not easy. I know both of us have had some crazy people on our social media in the past and uh, you know, sometimes it makes you just want to shut up for a while because you don't want to be bothered by those people. But then you realize you just block, delete and keep moving on for the people who need it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, thank, thank you, Brian. Thanks for being an amazing guest. Thanks for doing everything that you're doing for our law enforcement, our first responders, our uh, military and um, for your friendship. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You will find Brian's um, social media handles in the notes section if you're listening to this. And if you're watching, you obviously see it on the screen. So thank you all for listening. And thank you again, Brian. Until next week, I will see you all later. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku, and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Patty Catter. Until next time.